It's BBC Radio Wales. Thank you very much indeed for joining us this morning. It's Jason with you, taking your calls. And we're having a really good discussion this morning about Finland's goal for a four-day working week this morning. Is it a good idea? Could it help Wales achieve a healthier work-life balance? You know, you get time to spend with the family and, you know... Do lovely things with the family instead of being in the office. Number to ring this morning if you want to tell us whether you could do your job in four days and whether you think this is a good idea in general. It's 03700 100 110. Right, Will Strong is on the line, who is the co-director of a think tank focusing on the future of work. Hello, Will. Good morning to you. Good morning to you. What is the future of work? Well, um, so at the moment, we think we're going through what's called a crisis of work. So that's partly... Um, kind of in- increasing flexibility, so workers not knowing when they're going to you know, have their hours or how much pay they're going to get, um, and also an environmental crisis as well. So the future of work is one where it's very uncertain, but we're also looking at looking down the barrel of things like climate climate change and automation. So drastic action needs to be done, and we think the shorter working week is probably one way in which to tackle some of these. So how do we deal with more machinery in the workplace, more uh, robots doing different kinds of work. Well, let's shorten the working week. We don't need humans to do it. Let's shorten the working week, but make sure we maintain wage levels so people can have, as you say, a good work-life balance. Well, it's good that you're on because Alex, uh, one of our callers, mentioned AI and intelligence and the fact that he was saying that companies like Google are buying up all these robot companies. And I I add to Mm. that question I asked you about what is the future of work? Are you saying that soon we won't need radio presenters, that basically a robot will be presenting the the phone in and playing songs? (laughs) Don't answer that question, by the way. Some, some jobs you know, are much more automatable than others. So some jobs where you do routine work, routine manual work, but also routine what's called cognitive work, so work where you just have to kind of process data. Um, yes, that's much more susceptible to being automated. Um, whether that happens inevitably, I mean, it, we basically don't think it will be inevitable. It's always the choices of some people, so business owners or what the government does in its industrial strategy. But the important thing is that these technologies are coming onto the market, they're becoming available. So we need to basically find a way of how to, how to deal with them. So in the past, you know, post-World War II, that workers would have deals with their bosses to say, well, look, you know, if you're going to introduce more machinery in the workplace, we want to have, you know, um, gradually more hours for ourselves, more hours you know, out of work for our families and our friends and our normal lives. And you can have a successful business, all this new machinery, all these new robots, but we want us to have a life for ourselves. And I think the Finland um, case, which has just been coming up in the news, as you mentioned, is a good example where a politician, a government is... Um, basically saying, look, we need to make sure the economy works for people and not working just for profit. Two parts to my final question. Number one, do you believe we're overworked? Yes. I yes, think the, the statistics are, too, uh, are, are very clear here. You know, 54%, which is so over half of all sick absences, are due to work-related stress, anxiety and depression. And one of the major causes of that is workload. So, yes, I, I think we are. Yeah. And the second part of the question is, um, back in uh, 2016, covering uh, Euro 2016 for BBC Sport, I was in a cafe, in a, in a Paris cafe, with a producer and a couple of researchers, and we were talking about the programme. We were getting ready for the European Championship final, France against Portugal. We went through our running orders. We had a cup of tea, a cup of tea and a coffee and, uh, and a croissant, and it was at lunchtime. And we were probably there for 45 minutes, and we did our thing, and then we ran off and we had to go and do some stuff 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 and whilst we were there we looked to our left and there were these a uh, couple of french businessmen who were having uh, an aperitif they had a starter they had a main course they had a dessert and they were still there when we left the cafe and it struck me that like they're taking some time out to 
just relaxed. There were, there were no laptops open like us. There were no papers. There were no running orders. They were just having lunch. And it made me realise, what is going on? We must be mad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, we have the, the fewest um, bank holidays uh, almost in the world, but definitely in Europe. We only have eight bank holidays. Finland has 14. Even Spain has 12. We work the third longest hours in Europe. So just looking anywhere outside of, outside of the UK, we see better working, working life balance. Um, and, you know, we're not as bad as America. America has even fewer holidays. But nonetheless, you know, it's, it's, it is stark in the fifth richest country in the world that we can't, we can't basically have time for ourselves. Um, even if, let's say, the GDP counter keeps ticking up or whatever, even if we have more productivity, we've got to make sure that translates into tangible benefits for our lives. And so, so I agree with you. It is, it is shocking. Nice to talk to you, Will. And that's uh, Will Strong. Very good stuff from Will. Right, Chris is on the line. He's called us and he's a self-employed painter. Hello, Chris. How are you?